Welcome back to Inside Franklin Athletics. Today with me, I'm my coach, Drew Byerly. Thanks for having me back. And our favorite O-line coach, Sean Little. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. So today, I want to talk to you about uh, football, uh, among other things. But what do you think is the biggest difference from this year to last year? Uh, you know, it all starts up front. And I really think um, that having the line that we do this year on offense, you know, our offensive numbers have been astronomical this year in the, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, we're the second-ranked 5A offense in the state, um, top 10 offense in the state for all teams. Uh, so um, I really think it starts up front giving Drew time to actually do stuff back there, giving Jalen holes, giving Drew holes when he's running it. Um, and their off-season work that those guys put in this year was huge. Um, you know, we didn't have any issues of getting those guys in the weight room since yeah. the end of last football season. Um, and it showed this is the biggest, on average, offensive line that Franklin's had in at least a decade, probably more. Mm -hmm. You know, we averaged 240, 250 up front um, on any given night. And so that's a big deal when, when over the last probably eight years, our offensive line has only averaged maybe like 195. Wow. Yeah. So we made we made a significant – even last year's O-line. You know, I love those guys to death. But last year's O-line, we averaged about 210 on the offensive line. And this year we're averaging 245-ish or whatever. So uh, just having that extra size paired with their strength and athletic ability is mm -hmm. huge. How does that How does that translate to you, Drew, being the, you know, behind it all and seeing it all unfold every play? Uh, you know, it's you can definitely tell there's a difference. Obviously, with our – we have two 1,000-yard rushers. So, I mean, obviously we're doing – offensive line is doing pretty good. So Do you feel like you have more time to throw too? I mean, yeah, I, but it's like – Yes. We'll just say yes. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the best answer. So my question to you, do you, could you tell in the off season that we were going to have a bigger O-line or was it just kind of like one of those things where it happened in season where it was just like, oh, yeah, we have a pretty big and really good offensive line? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I could go back in my, my Google Drive and look up some stuff. And, you know, even starting last November – trying to get down a early mm -hmm. depth chart yeah. um, and kind of what their weights were at that time. And then knowing that, you know, no matter what, our starting five are going to be bigger and stronger. Um, and the exciting thing is, too, is that, you know, three out of five of them are going to be returning next mm -hmm. year. Um, and, and, you know, we had some returning starters from last year that just – continued to work and get bigger and did the right things. So I kind of knew going into this season that we were going to have a much more improved, you know, third year in the system, um, much more educated offensive line than we've had over the last couple of years. Absolutely. And I can see the difference. I mean, you're absolutely right. It does start up front. Same with the defense. If you think about from last year, this year, the two sacks we had last year from right versus, I think, 24 this year. I mean, it just makes an astronomical difference. It makes the guys behind you play so much better and it just makes it easier on everybody i think absolutely absolutely yeah you know you're talking about sacks you know just off the top of my head last season the offensive line gave up 10 sacks mm -hmm. um this season so far there's only been four sacks on drew and one i called the wrong protection and yeah and so but when you think about that last season we were averaging at least one sack a game yeah you know this season we're averaging far less um and that goes on the offensive line as well but it also goes on Drew because he's done some pretty miraculous uh, throws and uh, getting the ball out and being able to run around a little bit to kind of save that stat line for the guys up front. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Do you think more of that is um, nat like just kind of natural progression of getting bigger guys, or is it 
guys working harder per se in the weight room or, or maybe with the right instruction or do you think it's like learning the system i think it's a combination of all of them okay i really do i think you in order to compete in the mid-state conference and in our sectional we have to have an offensive line that's up in the 240s 250s on average and hopefully some <laughs> 285 290 pounders as well um, but we also have to have an offensive line that understands what the heck they're doing and um, is able to really get into more complicated scheme when you start talking about more complicated defenses, as, especially as you go further in the tournament, the defenses yeah. get better, and so you got to be able to adjust to the scheme. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. one thing I can definitely tell the difference but like of, too, is, like you said, I love those guys from two or three years ago, but this year, like, the line, like sometimes Doobie and like the line will be making like rip and Liz calls and like known like the 70 protections. So it's like it makes it a lot easier on me not having to worry about that and worry about everything else. That, you know, it's to where they know what to do as well as I do. So I mean, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's the technique part of it too, I think, is when, when you're an offensive lineman growing up in our old system, mm -hmm. the triple option system. You know, as an offensive lineman, you don't really block D linemen. You're scooping and veering. You're getting up the linebacker level. We're reading D linemen. We're pitching the ball. We're giving the ball. We're doing things differently. So the technique that these kids learned in youth football and middle school, and you guys understand this too. You guys grew up in the same style, mm -hmm. is different than what we're doing now. And so it just took a couple years for them to really start grasping the technique. And we're still not there. I mean, we still have a a long way to go technique wise and understanding wise with that, but we have become leaps and bounds from three years ago um, where I had to teach a pass set for the first time. And those guys looked at me like I was speaking another language. Yeah. The, it seems like the chemistry among the O-line is just like pretty good this year. I mean, can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I think that's what it's all about. You know, when, when Coach Call was hired on, I got to sit down and talk with him and um, originally didn't quite know what position I was going to end up coaching, obviously. Because you were receivers um, when you got here, right? Yeah, I was receivers coach in the prior regime. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so pretty, I'd, Pretty much O-lineman. Yeah, I didn't really know <laughs> what I was going to be coaching, but uh, – um, got to talk to him and his philosophy on it. It all starts with the relationships. Um, it all starts with the unit. And I think that's been one of the biggest changes uh, and biggest improvements uh, over my time here is that the, the unit and the relationships between coaches and players and then players amongst themselves and the tightness and that bond is huge. I mean, uh, Noah, you, you have a little bit of a – a unique perspective because well you know last couple of years you were an offensive player and then this year we move you over to linebacker now you're on the defensive unit um and so you kind of get to see it from both angles you know but even as a offense and, and as a whole i think that that's an important bond you know the unit itself as o-linemen receivers you know running backs quarterbacks like that needs to be an important bond and then obviously the whole team dynamic Mm -hmm. But you gotta. That's a big deal, and I think that's one of the, one of the huge factors that's provided our success. Yeah. Is your favorite thing to see as an O line coach like a pancake, or would you rather see like the quarterback, you know, stand dry? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not big on the whole pancake block thing. I, I'm big on a well executed play, and if it's a run play, I'm big on us providing some nice alleys for the running back or the quarterback to get through. Um, I want to see a score, mm -hmm. you know. Okay, yeah, when it's uh, when it's a pass play, I want to see. I want to be. I want you to be able to sit back there, sit down in a chair, and eat a three course meal before you get touched, um, you know. And so that's what I take pride in as an O line coach. You know, some people get all excited about pancakes or things like that, and those are awesome. Those are fun. I mean, it's good for the good for the boys to be able to get a little aggressive and do that kind of stuff. Of course, but I'm 
I'm bigger picture. Like, I like that. Yeah. I take pride in the final score. I take pride in the execution. Um, you know, if you walk into the end zone, it's a lot easier and happier for me than if you have to drag 10 yeah. guys. So, Fair and enough. you'll do either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like the, the Seymour run last week, I think you threw like three guys, but you ended up making like eight guys piss <laughs> for me. Went back and counted it. Fair enough. So, uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie would have to be, uh, it's probably a tie. Uh, Top Gun and Hunt for Red October. Oh, my dad loves Hunt for Red October. Yeah, I've I seen mean, it like ten times. I grew up loving those movies and uh, in a military family, and then obviously I went to the the Navy uh, after I graduated, and so you know, Navy movies all the way. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. What about uh music? What kind of music do you listen to? I know you always got. It seems like you always got one AirPod. One headphone. Coast <laughs> a little. Uh, yeah. Well, honestly, lately I haven't been listening to music when I have that. I've been listening to podcasts and different things Crow's like nest. that. Crow's uh, nest. Yeah, I'll listen to you guys every once in a while. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, obviously Pat McAfee's podcast. Oh, I always I get a good laugh out of that. Um, but I listen to all types of music. So I kind of, I kind of grew up very eclectic when it came to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad was a country kind of rock guy. My mom was more of like that soft rock michael bolton stuff and so <laughs> you know I, I'll, I'll listen to classical music you know i mean whatever is in i'm in the mood for i can pull it up fair enough so. all right a- any any football guys got an opinion on this college or nfl which do you like to watch which do you like to go to um you know that's tough i i, I really enjoy at home watching college games mm-hmm. um saturday is a it's just more exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like, I'm a huge Colts fan, grew up as a Colts fan. And so, you know, I like the NFL. It's the peak of, of what we do. It's awesome to watch. Um, but college to me is a little more exciting. Number one is they, they play, I think, harder. They have more they're playing for. There's kids on that team they will never play again after they're done in college. There's kids on that team they are going to go on and make millions of dollars. Um, you know, so it's very eclectic, very interesting dynamic to me. Um, and, you know, I think any lower level looks up to the next level. And me being a high school football coach, I like to look and see what the college football coaches are doing. And I'm sure the college football coaches like to look at the NFL coaches and see what they're doing, you know. So, um I think that's the the fun part about it. Speaking of the Colts, Quentin Nelson, <coughs> real deal. Big no? Q, man. Yeah, I see I a think, lot of. I think by the end of his career, he'll be labeled as one of the best linemen to ever play. Yeah, I see a lot of you and him, and him and you, and vice versa, like I, resemblance of each other. Yeah, like I, I could just see you guys. You guys are like almost identical. Ah, uh, like no, no. Uh, yeah, I, you should you should work on it a little yeah, bit more. You, you I actually, yeah, uh, I actually uh, was lucky enough to be on the field at the Colts Denver game a few weeks back. Oh, okay. And uh, I was down there while they were warming up, and no, that that is a <laughs> mountain of a man. Like you think Game of Thrones, the mountain off of Game of Thrones. Like I think Quentin Nelson could pick him up and throw him. Wow, like, this dude's gigantic. You know, a lot of his stuff is like I was I was watching a video on this, and they're talking about it like on NBC. A lot of his stuff is like uh, not very. It, it's really unique. It's like he learns balance from like doing like Taekwondo and, mm-hmm. and like mixed martial arts and kind of stuff like that. And he learned a lot of like how to be a good lineman by getting a good center of gravity and just not by real, you know normal football ways yeah. of training, I guess. Yeah, and it seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah, he's Fair enough. He's definitely changed the culture for the Colts, I believe. When they drafted him, it was just like, you could just tell there was a difference. When 
he's always like I'll watch videos and he'll be the guy like the first guy over there to help yeah, pick up the running back that's cool. or like the first that's guy cool. absolutely you know, yeah that, little that, stuff like that that draft class was huge for the Colts and that that's just going to build on that and yeah. you know no matter how this season goes you know they're going to continue to get better because I mean you get Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson out of the same draft class you're going to and then they got the fine. Braden Smith he started yeah. a tackle and then Naheem Hines yeah, like yeah. You said, crazy draft class yeah so are you are you I don't mean to push forward ahead to next year, but whole new regime coming in. I mean, you're losing your four-year starting quarterback. You're losing, like, 27 seniors. Not saying I want this season in because that's the exact opposite I want, but are you, are you in some ways ready for next year? Are you excited for it? Some of the challenges, some of the – you get to mold it a lot. You know, I think that's the tough position of a coach. Um, you know, you're always trying to be in the moment. And mm-hmm. you're trying to focus on that week and, and that opponent and all that. But, you know, as a coach, you tend to have to work ahead a little bit. You know, you, you know, even during the week, uh, during like a regular season week, by the Wednesday, I'm already scouting the next opponent because I've already done all my scout on that week's opponent. That makes sense. Um, and so it's you got to stay organized. you got to really keep things straight in your head and, and, you know, actually keep your stuff organized. But, um, yeah, you know – as from the offensive line perspective, we got numerous starters coming back again next year. Some of Your them whole will, interior, right? Yeah, some of them will be starting their third year of varsity football on the offensive line, which is a huge deal. Um, we got you know two really good seniors up front that have played quite a few games for us over the last couple of years um, that are going to be hard to replace. But you know, one of the things that I pride myself in and I pride our unit in is that we got some depth. Um, you know, finally, after years of not really having much depth. Um, and so it, the next guys up will step in, and, and I think they'll be able to, to take right over there. Um, as a team in general, you know, I get um, emotional when I think about, like, when you guys are done because you guys were my last freshman class. Oh, when yeah. I was the freshman football coach, you, and you guys were my last freshman football class. And so um, – you know, after that, there was other freshman football coaches, and I had moved up and done other things by that point. And so, um, it was a uh, interesting senior night in my head, just thinking about that a little yeah. bit. Like you guys are the last ones I coached on Saturdays, um, so you guys are definitely going to be missed. Um, but I think it's it's like that in any high school football program. Is yeah, it's kind turnovers of- part of it, and yeah. you know, you just the coaching staff has to do their job and building the depth in the future while they're coaching the current team and i think you guys have seen that uh mm-hmm. you know i mean drew and our freshman quarterback have been sharing some reps mm-hmm. and and i think that shows that you know not only are we trying to continue to keep improving drew and making sure he's doing the right stuff but we also have some ideas of let's keep getting this young kid reps with a bigger full-fledged line and let him really start to feel what mm-hmm. it's like to have somebody like that in front of him now, I know you do a lot of the uh, technical video stuff for the team. How do you think that helps and provides an extra benefit, I, I guess I'd say, to preparing and to the team in general? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll add begrudgingly I do the tech yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody's got to do it, and yeah. I just tend to jump on stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, that stuff's super important. Um, you know, if we didn't have the film capabilities that we have, the, and a lot of teams don't, you know, we're lucky in some aspects. Uh, 
You know, some teams don't have an end zone view. Some teams don't have two sideline views. They don't have huddle sideline replay during the game. Um, and so we're very lucky when it comes to a lot of our technology. How um, much does that help you uh, coach in the moment? Like what, the huddle sideline? Yeah. We use it. We use it every series for That's the o- for the offense. Um, you know, as soon as the offense comes off, we are at the bench, all of us. We got the, the skill players together, the O-lines together, um, and we can mix and match if we need to. And, you know, uh, Cody, our offensive coordinator, is sitting right there. Me and him are looking at the iPad together. Coach Martin has another iPad, and we're going through it. And – try to get our message out and then get them ready for the next series so i, I think it helps a lot um there's times it hasn't worked and it's it's it's, it's frustrating you, know, you kind of got to go back to the old yeah. older days where you're just dry board and I mean, marker out there just thinking that's what i think they lined up in mm-hmm. you know with huddle sideline i can pinpoint a play i can see exactly what techniques they're in and i can really fine-tune the scheme what do you look for in opponents when you're scouting them on film uh, you know, I break down initially how many, like what, what kind of defensive box is it, you know, so how many guys are on the D line, what the linebackers, you know, line like, um, and then I start to break down individual players. What are their tendencies? What, what does this DN like to do when he's trying to pass rush? Okay. Is he a high swimmer? Is he a, he's a, a dip and ripper, a bull rusher, stuff like that. Just to give my guys tools on how to, uh, defeat him. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, he was our freshman coach, and it's pretty ironic because we were not a very good freshman team. We were like we were like one and eight or something. So well, they also stole Drew from us about three weeks into the season. So. <laughs> yeah, me and me and Sam went to quarterback really quick. And yeah, neither of us were really very good quarterbacks. He, he, was, he was better than me. I'll give him that. But well, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are doing a great thing with this. I like it. Thank you. And as always, stay classy, Grizzly Cubs. <laughs>